Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. Whoa, what am I doing with my life? And at that point, you have two choices, right? You can dive in and do the work to discover where you can shift and change. Welcome everyone to the Human Experience Podcast. Today is my guest from United States, Julie Ruska. She is a certified high performance coach, amongst other things. Welcome, Julie, please. Could you kindly introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, thank you, Eldon, for having me and everyone for listening in. My name is Julie Ruska. I'm a certified high-performance coach. And I like to think of a certified high-performance coach as like an amped-up life coach. So it's very holistic. I help people in the areas of career, relationships, emotions, and health. And we really examine areas where you are performing to your optimal levels and areas of necessary growth. And I like to think of it... um, I call it holistic because sometimes people will hire a business coach because they have business goals. But I I invite people to look at it differently. If you have business goals, but your relationships are failing, are you truly successful? Or if your career is thriving and your relationships are good, but you're 70 pounds overweight and can't, you know, you can't generate the energy to get through a day without a nap, is that really where you want to be? And so I like to look at people, the whole person, and really help them become the best versions of themselves. I really like that because, as you said, a lot of people focus on only one aspect. But as you know, been doing this work for a number of years, it's all interlinked. And nice. if everything is not in alignment, person can be out of balance in one or few areas. So what is your experience in that regard i mean obviously you mentioned certain things Mm -hmm. but how easy or how difficult is for people to uh, work on their mindset and also to accept these challenges that they might be having but they are not aware at present right so a lot of the times people hire me because they've achieved success right they've reached their career goals maybe their life they have all the material things they want they've achieved success from a paper, right? Like on paper, life looks good, but they feel like something's missing. And that's kind of where I come in. It's like, okay, let's look at this. Let's, let's dive deep. Are you clear about who you are and how you want to show up in the world and what your purpose is? Are you living aligned with that? And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are going through life kind of like a hamster on a wheel. They have their career, they have their schedule, they wake up each day, they check off their to-do list, and then they go to bed at night. And they keep repeating that cycle until one day something usually hits, right? It, it could be like the recent pandemic, could be an illness, a car accident, a, a relationship failing, something happens and they have to stop. They're forced to stop and go, whoa, what am I doing with my life? And at that point, you have two choices, right? You can dive in and do the work to discover where you can shift and change. But unfortunately, a lot of people have that like awakening experience 
and then they shrink back in fear. You're like, you know, it's safe. It's safer to just stay here and go through the motions than to actually do the work and change. Yeah, I would I totally agree with you. I have uh, similar experiences with my clients because the fear is familiar and the uncertainty of what they'd like to achieve, how things can improve. It's sort of, they want to stay away from that because they, they would rather sit in that fear and discomfort in mm -hmm. particular area of their life could be their health, could be their relationship, could be whatever. And they, they often might even say, well, if I am not happy in my relationship, uh, she or he has to change so oh, we yeah. can be happy. Right. Which is, which is such a common thing to a person who hasn't done work, right? They, they start to look outside themselves and oh, because, you know, my boss is this way and that's why I'm not achieving success. My wife is this way and that's why I'm not, you know, having a thriving relationship. But to actually accomplish anything, you have to look in the mirror because the only person you can change is yourself. Absolutely. That's very inspiring. And I know also that you have a very inspiring story, how you got to be where you are today. And can we dive a bit more into that? Can you tell us what inspired you to get into this business and how it all started? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a very um, small town in Iowa, in the middle of America, in a very conservative Christian family. And it was very traditional, you know, um, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. And I kind of was indoctrinated with those beliefs, right? Um, so I was expected to grow up, get married, have children, quit working, raise my children. And I blindly took that path. I got engaged at 19, married at 20, started having kids at 24. And um, my oldest son is severely dyslexic and ADHD. And so as I was raising my kids, he needed to go to a special school, which in, cost a lot of money. So I needed to go back to work. And as I started to work on my master's degree, I went to um, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado, to a brain-based gender differences conference. And at that conference, for the first time in a decade, I wasn't someone's wife or someone's mother. I was Julie. People were saying my name. People were asking my opinion. And it was like I had been hit with an asteroid. I woke up. It was just like this amazing experience of like someone had pulled the wool off of my eyes and I was a person again. And I realized in those few days that I'd basically been sleepwalking through my life for a decade. I'd gone through the motions of having kids and raising kids, you know, each day, getting up, doing what I need to do, going to sleep at night, rinse and repeat every day. And I'd really lost my identity. So it's kind of like they say people have midlife crises. Well, I had mine early. <laughs> I, I didn't know why I was doing any of the things I was doing. And um, it was very challenging. So I went home. And I started evaluating my life. And at that time, I didn't even know about coaches. So I didn't hire a coach. <laughs> I wish I would have. It would have made the time easier. But um, what I realized is when I made the choice to get married, I didn't even know who I was. So I was very different. And, and my marriage had developed some very toxic patterns. So that needed to end, which was very hard to come to grips with. And not only that, but um, I had to go through the process of discovering who I was, who I actually was, not who I was supposed to be. And that process is very challenging. It took me um, to yoga. I found power yoga. And in my yoga experience, I was like, wow, this is transforming my life. I feel powerful. I feel capable. I, I feel connected with my soul and now I want to do this. I want to help people transform their lives through yoga. So I went all in. Um, I became a yoga instructor. And shortly after, I realized that yoga is just one tool for transforming your life. It's not the end all. 
And so people were coming to yoga with anxiety, with stress, with issues like me, identity issues, um, trying to figure out their lives. And it was a nice fix. It was a nice band-aid. But then they'd go back to their lives. That created the anxiety, the stress, the confusion. Come back to yoga, feel good, go back to their life. And I was never getting to the root cause. And that's how I got into coaching. I'm like, I have gone through this challenging transformation and this experience of discovering who I am and my purpose in life. And now I want to help other people. And that's how I became a coach. That's a very inspiring story. And I guess through your training, you have found strategies, methods, and techniques to help yourself. Obviously, first right. stepping stone was your yoga, becoming a yoga instructor that had helped you. But as you say, it was like a Band-Aid. So you needed yeah. something to go deeper for your own self. And then also you've developed the skills and you learned what you, as you said, you got certified in order to help others. But that's incredible. But there's yeah. one thing that we discussed earlier, just before the recording. And I'd like to have you explain a little bit more about this place which is that many people come to see you because they developed in their business to the certain level but then or they they are at a very good job but now they have an idea to set up a business and what is required for them to move to the next step there are many skills and personal growth is required as you say, to be that high performance person. So what does that entail? Can we dive into this, please? Yeah, absolutely. So you're kind of referencing entrepreneurs and people that build their own businesses and want to create something new. And what I find is there are so many brilliant ideas out there, but you have to start from a foundation of clarity. You know, who are you? What is your business going to be? and stepping into like your next version of yourself. When you create this business, what's the purpose of it? What's the why that it's fulfilling? So there's a lot of foundational elements of that. Um, and then also from there, the leadership, if you're going to run your own business, do you have the networking skills? Do you have the public speaking skills? Do you know all of the steps it takes? And um, a lot of times visionaries are great with the big picture, but it's the smaller steps. And I, I believe everything starts with clarity, clarity of who you are, clarity of what your business provides for people in the world and always going to the why. Because if you don't know why you're doing something, it's not going to be successful. I totally agree. If you don't know your why, and if you are not sharing this message and the vision with potential customers, potential clients, how are they going to be able to find you? You might have this right. most brilliant idea, but you, you have not understood what your why is, which is, so you have the, so why is the must basically, I must do this. Yeah. Why do I, why must I get out of bed every morning at 5 a.m., at 6 a.m., and do my positive daily rituals, and then also build my business, work on myself, work on my business. And mm -hmm. then you have uh, people have the sort of, I should, which is more like a wish. A lot of people mm -hmm. say, oh, I, I, I wish I opened my own business. I wish I had my own business. But can we talk about the must versus should? And what is your experience in this area, please? Right. I like to say no matter what, like what do you need to do to move your life forward no matter what today? And I like to think of people with three things. And um, really, it's important to wake up for me, get really grounded. A lot of people like to use meditation. I use some very simple meditations to focus on my presence and my power um, and my purpose. So that's how I begin the day. And then I, I really believe you have to schedule. Um, like I was saying, yoga is a tool. Productivity has tools, right? So waking up and scheduling tasks that you must accomplish to move your life forward no matter what. 
And so the shoulds are the nice twos. You know, I should do this, I should do that. But why, again, if you, if you don't know why, the shoulds, somebody said, you could should all over yourself, right? <laughs> it's kind of like a play on words. But, but it's true, should is going to get you nowhere. It's like when people say try. I'm going to try to do this. Well, if you say try, you're not gonna do it. There, there's so much power behind your words and your intentions. And so instead of saying, I'm going to try to reach out to three people today, it's I will reach out to three people today. I'm gonna to try to move my business forward. I will move my business forward with these three steps. So, so it's very powerful. It's a mindset shift of what you must do. And, and so it could be something that you have three no matter what's a day you might get through them in 10 minutes and then what or you might be to five o'clock at the end of your proposed work day and you're not done with it how committed are you to accomplishing your goals and that's where the challenge comes in for entrepreneurs because they don't really have a traditional schedule all the time but the commitment to their self their vision their purpose is what's really powerful and what drives them does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it's beautifully answered. And I also, from experience, I've been doing this for over 10 years. 95% of people, they know about goals. They know about how to set goals. But 95% of the people out there, they seldom see through and do the action steps to achieve the goals. Right. However small or big they are. Right. So, so why is that? What, what is your experience? Why, why people, people have all the knowledge, all the skills, they've read all the books, they've, they've been to all the seminars, they've listened to all the audios and videos and watched the videos. And what stops them to take the necessary steps, the action steps to achieve their goals? Two things, discipline and belief in themselves. So discipline is fundamental in growing a business in any business and people will have their goals a lot of times they're not even written down and then the other thing that people miss in their goals are deadlines you say you know i'm going to grow my business to this level okay by when when are you going to do that and if you don't have a deadline chances are it's not going to happen it's like a goal without a deadline is a wish right it's a nice statement it's nice to tell people about, I'm going to do this, but by when? And if you don't have that, you're not going to do it. And that's why I believe people should have daily goals and then weekly goals, monthly goals, quarterly goals. But the big picture, that like annual goal should be hanging up. So if you could see my wall right now, I have this, I call it my extraordinary life planner and it's career relationships health. And in each section, I have the annual goals. And then underneath, it's like today, what am I gonna do today? Three things in each category that are going to move my life forward in those areas. Then the, this week, what are three things that I must accomplish this week, no matter what? From there, it's a month and a quarter. And I used to see these kind of things as really restrictive and I'm a free spirit. So I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Right. Don't make me plan things. Don't make me write things down. Don't make me, you know, don't cage me and confine me. But what I realized is when you have structure in your life, that's when you're really free because you have a vision, right? You have something you're working toward and then you can find freedom within that because it's very grounding. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I totally agree. I tell people, if you don't schedule it, it's not going to get done. No. So I schedule time for reading books. I, I'm an avid reader. I try to read 10 books a month. Wow. And, and I mix them up between the paperback and audio books. And, some, and most of the time I buy both versions. So yes. I did this speed reading course and sort of brain course by Jim Quick. You might have heard yeah. of him. Yeah. And, and he basically advises to do both audio and, and reading. And I listen at speed 3.5 to my audio books, which, which sounds like, wah, 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 wah. but my brain can comprehend it because it's called unconscious comprehension. So 
and That's I also and I also take that. notes. So wow. one of the things I've learned is that eighty percent of what we learn, we forget in few days. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned is that we should take notes, mm-hmm. but also have two sets of notes. One is note making and one is note taking so in the note taking you just obviously put the information which is which resonates and in the note making you say how can i use this how can this serve me in my life so you ask these powerful empowering questions which relates to the page on the left which is note taking and this is how you can start applying and then use this into as you say into your daily steps into your weekly steps into your because and you put them you schedule them in your calendar because if you don't do it you know if like you say you mentioned 70 pounds overweight right like health and fitness right i mean nobody's asking you to go and run a marathon today but so so let's say you want to run a marathon at the end of the year so 12 months from today what are the steps? Break it down, work backwards. What can you do today? What can you do in a week, in a month? And, and that's right. how everything should be approached. Same with the relationships. And a lot of people, they leave the relationships behind. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to work on myself, on my career, in my job. Everybody is excelling amazingly at their jobs. They're getting yeah. promotions. They run a business. They're growing their business. But then... So I tell them, so why is your relationship suffering? You obviously have a mindset of growth. Right. Can you not apply the same mindset to relationships? Oh, well, you know, they have know. so many excuses. Eldon, it is, it is tragic, right? It, it's, it is absolutely tragic the way that people put their relationships on autopilot. It's why relationships fail. Um, and I don't understand why people are willing to give eight hours a day to a job and less than eight minutes a day to a relationship. It, it is the fundamental when your job is over, right? Later in life, when your job has ended, when your children, if you choose to have them have grown and moved on, what matters? The person that you're sharing your life with. And yet people think it's like, oh, I found someone great. See you in 20 years. Like, what are we doing? And it is that priority, right? People don't prioritize their relationships. I find that to be one of the biggest tragedies in life and why people are miserable. Because they should, right? They've, they've worked hard, they've achieved career success, and they're miserable. And it's because they have not worked on either intimate personal relationships or friendships. They haven't worked to cultivate those. They have to be cultivated and nurtured every single day. You're a parent. I'm a parent. It's like, you know, nurturing your baby. You cannot, you know, baby is not for Christmas. It's for life. You have to, you have to nurture your baby every single day. Give it love, give it attention, give it all it needs. And yeah. the relationship is the same. And I also believe, and from my experience, because I do a lot of relationship coaching, sing, mm-hmm. you know, individuals and couples as well. Also, mm-hmm. I've done groups. So mm-hmm. what people come to see me about is that they think that it's going to take so much time every single day for them to improve their relationship. Yeah. And, and I teach them it's not the quantity, it's the quality. Mm, it's, absolutely. So... People need, even if you give them 10 minutes of undivided attention yeah. with a deep spiritual connection with your, with your intimate partner, yeah. that is more important. You know, friend, friend calls you and you listen for 10 minutes. So you see a friend and they tell yeah. you stuff and you give them undivided attention. You put your phone away, your right. cell phone, your smartphone, and you give them undivided attention. You don't have to talk. You just listen. And this is how you nurture relationships. Yeah. It's not about quantity, it's about quality, the interaction on a human level. And if you don't do this, you know, you're going to be unhappy and unfulfilled and you're going to feel out of balance. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many billions you have, how many uh, awards, trophies, accolades, how much material objects you have amassed. If your relationships, your significant relationships are not in balance, you are going to be unhappy and 
unfulfilled. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said something interesting about being fully present with people. Um, I noticed this difference in cultures. I spent four years in an international long distance relationship with a man, a European man. And when I'd be in Europe, I loved how people would be at dinner and they'd talk for hours. And then I'd come back to America. And this, this one time I was at dinner with 12 friends and I was sitting there and a few times I looked up and 11 people were on their phones. So being that I am the person I am, I, uh, I did a little cheers on my, <laughs> my glass and I said, I'm going to be taking your phones now. And I literally walked around and took their phones. I'm like, we are gathering for two hours to be together. So let's be here, right? And it became this amazing dinner because we were present. And that's another thing. Like I was talking about sleepwalking through my life. People aren't present. They're not present in most of their life and they miss it. You know, life isn't meant to be half experienced. It's meant to be experienced fully. The presence, the energy, the air around us. Like we have to wake up. We have to wake up and we have to realize that the people we're with, that's the most important. You won't be successful. You won't enjoy life if it's all about achieving your next level of success, your next financial goal, getting that car. Because what, what's the point of having an amazing car if you're in it alone? Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to add something to this. There has been, um, a, so for a number of years, a lot of research on this, and they've asked doctors and nurses, what do people talk about at their deathbed? So they, they have a terminal illness or they are you know, dying of the old age. And you know, the conversations that these people, both male and female, had with the doctors and nurses. And the answer was always, people never talk about, I wish I spent more time at the office. I wish I had more cars. I wish I had more money, more houses. They mm -hmm. always say, I wish I had more time so I can share with my loved ones. I can mm -hmm. tell them how much I care, how much I love them, how much I appreciate them. This is the only thing people talk about. Yeah. And they've done, they've done this research internationally, not just in right. the US or in the right. UK. I've seen that in decades of research and it's always the same. When people have regrets, one of my goals is to live with no regrets. <laughs> but when people have regrets, they regret the time not spent with loved ones. And another thing I see with my clients is they regret spending time with the wrong people. And it's kind of what happened in, in my life, right? I met someone when I was 18 years old before I knew who I was. I got into a relationship we weren't aligned at all. And it's so hard to make that decision, right? To, to shift away from relationships that aren't healthy or aren't growing and expanding. That's another fear. But I really wish that people would be more mindful of who they spend time with. I talk sometimes about growth friendships, you know? Are you surrounded by people who uplift and encourage you? And if not, maybe it's time to examine and remove yourself from some of those relationships. Yes, I totally agree. As they say, it's your circle elevating you mentally, physically, spiritually, in every possible way. Or are you sort of, you know, mindful of what you say because you are not in alignment with this group of people? You have these beliefs and thoughts and ideas you want to share, but you sort of just go out. And as soon as you open your mouth, they, they start pointing fingers and say, you're crazy. <laughs> like you yeah. lost it. What is this new age mumbo jumbo, yeah. you know? And yeah, just, just let's do shots. Forget this meditation <laughs> nonsense. Let's yeah, just let's do, just numb let, ourselves out. Yes, so yes. Let's just, let's just do some beers and some shots. We out with the boys. What is this? You know, you're waking up at five and doing all your nonsense rituals and, you know, come on, live, have, have fun, live, live a little. And, you know, it's funny. So it, I agree. It's definitely important to, but also the important, 
intimate relationship, the compatibility is very important. But I guess, you know, when, when you are in your late teens, early 20s, it's not easy because, as you say, we are still trying to discover who we are. And some people, even in, in their 30s, in their 40s, they're still trying to discover who they are because they might have had same kind of relationship 10 times over with a different name. So it was a Mary, it was a Jane, but it was the same type of person. So, and it was repetitive because probably coming from, I'm not enough, I don't deserve more, I don't deserve better. So it was just a a different uh, appearance, but the characteristics of that person was identical to the first one and the next one and the next one. And they never allowed space between the two relationships for them to have a personal growth. Right. To cover who they are, their likes and dislikes to heal properly. They were jumping from one person to another, thinking that, you know, rebound. And these things yeah. don't work because very often when people come to see me, and these are, these are some of the things that I've experienced with my relationship coaching clients, is that they've been dating the same person for the last 10 years, but they all have different names. They've been in 10 relationships, but it's the same type of person. Right. Right. And and it's amazing to me, again, like if you want to achieve success in your career, you'll do training, right? You'll, You'll work to become better and evolve. And yet we don't do that with our relationships sometimes. I don't know if it's a lack of awareness or a lack of desired effort, but I do see that in people. And, and some of that, again, is they don't think they're worthy of more or better. And, and some of it is the lack of intention about relationships. Like, and then clarity also. I'm big on clarity. Going back to who am I? Where am I going in life? And is this person next to me in this intimate relationship, are they on the same trajectory? Do they want to grow and expand in consciousness? Do they want to become a better version of themselves? And not judging people that don't. There are plenty of people that are happy out there, like you said, doing shots, celebrating life that way. And that's, that's their thing. But like, that's not mine. So I don't want to spend my life with those people. That, that doesn't expand me. That doesn't help me have a greater impact on the world. So I think it's really critical. I think this is the key issue we're hitting on here is if you want to have a life you love, you have to surround yourself with people that are also in that realm of awareness. 100% agree. And, you know, we keep going back to relationships, although you are mm-hmm. a high performance coach. Right. But I, think, but I think the foundation, the foundation, the fundamentals of anybody's life, anybody's success moving from where they are today to be the best version of themselves, it is the circle, it is the, the relationships, it is the friendships. Yes, I couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree more with you. And what I also find is that the, what we are not taught in schools, in universities, in, in life in general, we are not taught how to communicate. Mm-hmm. how to express appropriately. So usually we point fingers, you make me this, you made me this, and we react and we have the bust-ups and arguments. And I also, I know few people who call themselves relationship coaches who <laughs> go and tell the clients that it's okay to argue. Oh. It's okay to argue 28 times a day, but it's not how you argue, but you have to argue fair. And, and I, actually, there are three chapters in my book about that. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that that is totally wrong. And it's a myth. It's a rubbish, myth. right? Absolute garbage, absolute rubbish. You know, they did a, a survey in 2018. And I think another in 2019 in the UK. On average, the couples they interviewed, on average, people were arguing 67 times a day. Oh, my God. And they say it's normal. It's normal. And, you know, all this bickering and fighting and because people don't know how to communicate. They do not know how to interact, how to appropriately express their feelings without hurting the other person's feelings. Mm. You know, 
Right. So, and, and I find this too, in, in my opinion, um, we're, we're conditioned in some way that if people react, if they yell, if they raise their voice, they feel, right? And so then they're like, oh, well, they care about me because they're reacting. But really, I invite people to consider, you should never be raising your voice. You should never be arguing. What you should do if there's a disagreement is, a, is to very clearly say, when you do this, this is how I feel. Or when this happens, this is how I feel, right? So it's not a blame, it's a observation. Right. Like, um, for example, something is like a simple example. Um, someone comes, one of the partners comes home and their other partner was supposed to vacuum because they're having guests. Right. But they're sitting there watching TV. And it's like, you know, do you need to yell? I can't believe you haven't vacuumed. We have friends coming over in 10 minutes. Or it's like, you know. I thought we agreed to, you know, that I would go to the store and you would vacuum. Is that a possibility for you to do in the next few minutes or should I do it? And why would you fight about that? Like, it's very, it's no yeah. big deal. My daughter actually brought this up and uh, this might be getting too personal, but I won't name, name her, her father and her stepmother were arguing about an egg recently. The egg had fallen. Out of the refrigerator, and she said, "Mom, they were arguing like crazy about an egg." I'm like, "Right, but clearly the egg being placed on the wrong shelf and falling on the floor is not what they're arguing about. What's the underlying issue?" And it's because people don't address issues and don't address things that upset them that they get to this point where then they're reacting about stupid things like why didn't you vacuum the house why didn't you you know pick up the laundry why is this egg on the wrong shelf it is like that's not the real issue people but if we address things as they happened like when you this happened recently at a restaurant um with someone they had asked me a question and i had notice someone else um, that I recognized away. So I'd kind of taken my presence away. And the person I was with, you could see, felt offended by it. And so instead of it becoming an argument, which it could have, I acknowledged it. I'm like, I'm sorry, I wasn't fully present with you. I saw someone I noticed and it, I was distracted by it. I apologize, can you repeat what you've said? That could have turned into a, why were you looking at them? What was all about? You know, it, that's what happens in our society. But when you're with, and the person I was with, we, we have a different level of communication and awareness. So it became a thank you for acknowledging that you weren't present with me. And then the conversation just went on, right? Yes. That's very beautiful what you just shared with us. And, you know, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about and I talk a lot about. And actually, I published a video today about, it's about 10 minutes of free information and I publish it on every social media, LinkedIn and everywhere. Nice. And the, you see, there are patterns, right? If you are trained like yourself and myself, we can see the underlying issues, the patterns, which mm -hmm. are repetitive and also we can also see if we see the people on video or face-to-face -face as clients, we can see they often use the words always and never. You right. never do this, you always do this. And this is ongoing, ongoing. And as you say, it's accumulation of so many things. Right. It's not the egg falling out of the refrigerator, right. which cause this massive eruption of emotions yeah. and and screaming and shouting it wasn't yeah. the egg it no. was it was maybe 50 eggs 50 yes. eggs before that right. right and and that's the unfortunate thing and again this is learned you have to learn to communicate effectively you have to develop those skills and you have to be aware of it to communicate that with your partner. So whether it's a new relationship or one that you've been in a long time that you recognize patterns that maybe aren't healthy, it's a matter of resetting that, pulling back, saying, you know what, in the past, we would have handled it this way. But now that we know, you know, now that we know better, 
let's do better. Yeah. But also I think from, I have written in my book about this again. I mentioned in my book, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm plugging my book. I love my your book. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I sold a few thousand since December. I'm very happy. It's doing well. And I'm, I'm doing the audio book before end of the year. And I'm actually writing my second book, which is going to be published this year. But going back, going back to relationships. So there are so many, as you say, awareness but the problem is nobody teaches them this awareness nobody teaches them how to communicate because what is the relationship relationship it's the set of programs which we have learned before uh, we were seven years old and it's something that we have learned from our parents from our Mm -hmm. grandparents from our aunties and uncles and this is the kind of relationship we project in our own life because that's all we know nobody taught us they don't teach us in school they don't teach us, you know, how to appropriately communicate. And there are so many myths out there right. about what relationships should be like. One, as I mentioned, you know, it's normal to argue all the time. Yeah. Or, or the honeymoon period. This is, I love this one. The honeymoon <laughs> period lasts only, only three to six months, maybe a year at the most. And then, I, and then I show people hundreds, if not thousands of couples who have been married for 50 years and yeah. they have been having... 50 years of honeymoon period. Right. Because again, that's an intention. They are intentional about how they love their partner, how they respect their partner, how they treat their partner. And, um, and other people aren't. And it it, it is that for me, it was that awareness early on in my marriage that I was repeating the patterns I had seen with my parents. And I had that awareness and I was working to shift. Unfortunately, my partner was already used to me being that other way. And it's very hard when one partner is shifting and one is not. Um, so it's nice when people can be on the same page, but you have to want that, right? Absolutely. You have to be intentional about creating that in relationships. And people ask me that, like, why haven't you remarried? I get that question a lot. I've been divorced for six years. I've done the work. I have the awareness, but I have to have have a partner that is also willing to work from that place, right? And to be intentional each and every day. And, And it's not easy to find that. And it's not easy to create that. So I do want to pop that myth. If there's a myth like relationships are easy. No, relationships are work. But if you love someone, it's the most important work you can do. I totally agree. I work on my relationship with my wife. We've been married for, in all, it's going to be three years. And we've been together seven and a half years. And I have to say, every relationship before my wife, Nadia, has been a, a stepping stone about what I don't want in my life. Right. But I see them as a blessing. I've mm. learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about so many things about relationships yeah. uh, that I knew in theory and I also, also was coaching then. But then when yeah. you have a personal experience, so my personal experience is I work at it every day. So does my wife. Mm. But because we work from the heart, feels effortless. It doesn't feel like work. Right. It, it, it's like an intentional, effortless behavior. You know, like um, you've heard this. When we are first in a relationship, what would you do for your, your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend? What would you do? Anything, right? You do anything. Right. And then three months later, a year later, they say, can you take out the garbage? And they say, well, what do you think I'm your janitor? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Or, yes. Or, or, or another one. Let's say uh, uh, one of the one of the people comes home first, and they put on TV. They're lying on the couch, and the other one comes through the door. They can hear the keys. At the beginning of the relationship, they jump up. Hello, honey. Hug and kiss. How are you? How was your day? A few months later, they're not even moving. Babe. The house is a mess. Dinner is not cooked. And then the person walks in and it's like, so this is the person you love. Now for seven years, we have the same greeting as on the first few dates, same identical. 
Can you take out the rubbish? No problem. Can you do this? No problem. You understand? Yeah. You have to have like a beginner's mentality. Like yeah. it's the first few weeks of the relationship. Obviously, the love is different. Love is deepened. Love is more profound. There is, I mean, you know, like how you know that you are with the right person when they yeah. complete your sentences and you even thinking and they say before you say it. And you say, are you reading my mind? Yeah. And my relationship is like a most romantic novel you can imagine. Mm. And you want to write it or read it. That's my relationship. And yeah. I teach people. And actually, um, mm. originally, the book was supposed to be called something, Love Gurus or something, you know? <laughs> and because my wife said, you have to tell people about this kind of relationship. Right. You have to teach them the, the techniques and methods and skills how to apply. Don't just tell them how beautiful it is. Tell them what to do and what not to do. So I said, great. But then I decided to change the name. <laughs> well, we've become very cynical, you know, in society. And so it's hard. People don't understand. When I talk to my clients about creating this kind of relationship, um, they don't believe it's possible a lot of the time. So that's a mindset and that's a shift that has to happen before they can create it where I've made mistakes, <laughs> if I'm telling on myself here, is that when I have gotten into relationships now with all of this knowledge, I tend to coach my partners. <laughs> so I'm like, this is how we should do it, right? But then what I've realized, and I'm grateful for my mistakes because we learn from them, is then it was giving my partners a sense of inadequacy, like I was better because I had this awareness and they didn't. Um, so I've learned, I've been humbled by that because it is, again, creating it together, being intentional together. How are we going to handle, actually having the conversation, how are we going to handle disagreements? So when we have a disagreement, we've already agreed this is how we're going to discuss things that are maybe uncomfortable. This is how we're going to handle things that could, in previous relationships, get, you know, trigger certain emotions, but we're not going to allow that because this is how we want to be. And bringing that intention and that love to relationship and also that acceptance of like, um, we talked about worthiness at the beginning of our talk. Like I am worthy. That that same thing goes for the partner. Yeah, you I am are worthy. worthy. You are worthy. We are both deserving of love, dignity, and respect. Absolutely. And coming from that heart-centered place each and every day, it's the only way that you can have an amazing relationship. Yes, absolutely. And you said something about we should talk about it. We should discuss all the taboo topics. We should discuss also how we should communicate, how we should argue. And there is one thing that I advise all my clients is to have so-called relationship agreement, yeah. which I had, I had with my wife at the beginning, first two, three months of our relationship, yeah. her being a lawyer, she was very um, happy to draft, <laughs> to draft the contract and, uh, but what we did, we put so many points of all the imagined scenarios, you know, mm. money, health, if somebody makes advancements, you know, you, you have two young, good looking people yeah. out there working, going, doing their things, socializing with their girlfriends, with their male mm. friends, with whatever. So what happens in those situations? Where's the boundary? So yes. you talk about every possible scenario and, and you also hear so rather than assuming that, oh, he should know better, she should know better, why? You, you lived 20, 30 years, 40 years. Right, before apart, you met them. Bef yes, so you have set of values and set of beliefs and experiences which may be not in alignment with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. So you need to discuss where you are at, where's your level of awareness openly, right. and then find a middle ground. Yeah. Find a middle ground and then work from this as a base. So it's very important to communicate openly as they call them taboo topics, because you know, a lot of people hide away from those things. They only look at them when something happens. Right, 
Right. And that's, again, that's one of those common mistakes. And then there's a disagreement. It's like, well, oh, the honeymoon phase is over. It's like, no, no, it's not. You can be intentional about creating that your whole life, but you, you do have to agree. You have to discuss. You have to grow up in relationships, right? This is what a grown-up relationship is. It's not like you're teenagers and you're making all these mistakes because you don't know better. Yeah, it's infatuation, basically. A teenager yeah. is like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, you're <laughs> just having fun. But, you know, as a, the grown-up relationship, as you say, yeah. is different, right? Now, right. before we go, a few more questions about you and your work. Yeah. So if people want to hire you, for your coaching services, if they want to find more about you on the internet, where can they find you? Um, I'm, I'm on lots of platforms, but primarily I'm on LinkedIn, Julie Ruska, it's H-R-U-S-K-A. And then my website is PowerfulLeaders with an S.com. So Powerful Leaders, because I believe that everyone can lead their lives with love and power. And, and so I love, the, I love the concept of powerful leaders, being powerful in your career, your relationships, your emotions, your health. Because when you wake up, right? When you wake up and you realize this is it, this present moment is all I have, then I want to help you become empowered to live life to your fullest. And from there, then go out and inspire other people to do so because we're here for more than just ourselves. And so I like to think of it as a movement. You become your best self and then you inspire others to do the same. That's beautiful. And I have to say, I personally know uh, I'm friends with some of your clients and yeah. I have to say they feel very, very empowered and they feel like very energetic, very full of life. And they are CEOs of some very important big companies and you yeah. know you're doing you're doing an amazing work with uh, with these clients. Yeah. And what I Thank would like you. to ask you, my pleasure, my pleasure. I would like to ask you, uh, what is the impact you would like to leave on humanity while you are here? Yeah, absolutely. I truly believe the reason that I was awakened, that I woke up when I was 33 years old, was not just so I could live a better life and have a life I love but I really want to help other people do that. So I want to serve in a way that helps people become better versions of themselves and then serve other people because it's not just about serving my clients. I also really have a heart for people from impoverished nations. I want to help in and serve in that way, feeding homeless, um, handling that. I, I've had a past of working with veterans. I feel like it doesn't matter where you volunteer, where you have an impact on life, but, but service is really important to me. So by empowering CEOs and high-level executives to become the best versions of themselves, then I believe they can have a greater impact on those people who are less fortunate. That's beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Julie. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast, The Human Experience. Thank you, Eldon. Thank you I, very am, much. I am so grateful for being here, for your audience, for everything. And um, I feel like we could talk for hours longer. I so agree. Thank you. I agree. Thank you.